You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone, zone 32. 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We got a full crew tonight. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. Say what's up to the people. No. No. There you go. Fuck all you you people. Fuck all you hoes. All of you. Anyway, let's get into it. Ain't got no time for that bullshit. The Ravens made it higher today. They hired a running backs coach. They had their presser with Todd Munkin yesterday as the new offensive coordinator. Nepotism. And they, yeah, total nepotism hire just because his wife, his sister, who's who's married to Tom Crean, the basketball coach at Georgia, was like, hey, you should hire Todd Munkin. He's a good coach. And John was like, sure, let's have a conversation. And then it turned to, all right, you're hired. But then to add on to the nepotism, they hired a guy who used to work for his brother 14 years ago in Willie Taggart. So you know what? There's a lot of things to say about it, all of this nepotism. But Drew, give your thoughts on this nepotism. You know, when we announced the hiring of Munkin, we, we had the podcast and I said I was pretty excited about it. And then Harbaugh opened up the press conference with the story about how his sister told him to hire, you know, Todd Munkin. So that's nepotism hire number one. And, you know, like Munkin had a good introductory press conference. I liked a lot of the things that he said, you know, talking about using players to their strengths and blah, blah, blah. But I just kept getting stuck on this nepotism thing. Um, and then today they announced the Willie Taggart hiring. And again, worked for, you know, Harbaugh 14 years ago. So obviously that's a clear nepotism hire. Um, you know, then I, I continued. I was thinking like, you know, back in like 2010, like our seventh round pick didn't pan out and become an all pro. Um, so, you know, like, fuck our whole team from there. Just, you know, it's all nepotism and failure. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm pissed off all the time, and I'm just going to be sad and cry online about it all the time. So I, I know Will's, Will's a big fan of crying online about it too, but he cries about the nepotism side. That's his, uh, that's his thing. I, I'm just really mad at roster construction, and I'm going to start throwing out random names of players that, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, back in 2010, we didn't draft a wide receiver in the seventh round who turned out to be a great player, so. You know, we're, we're all fucked. Like, our whole team sucks. That'd yeah, do, right? well, yeah, we have a we have an entire, like, coaching staff of nepotism hires. Like, um, how did Zach Orr get that job as the linebackers coach? Yeah, he, I mean, he fucking played for the team. That's, yeah, that's I like mean, you never, I've never nepotism. seen a, a nepotism like that before. Uh, we, we had two Hashtag nep- nepotism. We had two nepotism hires today because um, T. Martin, who – I thought might be on the way out because he interviewed for the the Colts offensive coordinator job. Didn't get that. We made no, him. Yeah, well, we made him the quarterbacks coach, and he has worked for John Harbaugh before. So nepotism, right there. It's plain as day. Nepotism. Um, who else? Who else is on the so, staff? I mean, James Urban's been here forever. He's not employed. Oh well. T. Martin took James Urban's job, so I don't know. Is that a nepotism? Reverse nepotism. nepotism. Right Reverse nepotism. Reverse. So is, this, is this like the the new shiny toy syndrome where you know James Urban's worked under John forever, so that you know he's not as cool as T. Martin, who's like the new nepotism toy, or T. Martin almost left, so John was like, "Oh shit, I got to keep my guy." Yep, and and I, I, got, I have a I feeling I have a feeling we're gonna have a, another nepotism hire very soon. Keith Williams is gonna be uh, converted over to the wide receivers coach. I would hope anyway. Uh, he was the pass game coordinator, right? Wasn't that what, was that his? Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense that he could be Pat. Yeah, uh, and then we'll. I have think he'll be the wide receivers coach because he so he's gonna... he's widely regarded as like the best wide receivers right. coach. It, like he trains like, with he trains with Devontae Adams and all a them bunch too. of them, like, a bunch of them. So he yeah, I think like D Hop too. Oh I think does does he trade? Yeah, I was just gonna say. So if we acquired D Hop and we have Keith Williams on the staff, that's a nepotism. Acquisition. Just, Big time, double, just, ne- double nepotism. Double. Nepotism. I just want to say that we have 100 set the record for saying the word nepotism <laughs> when, like in the five minutes. It, we're at well, least at 84. Let's, let's be serious. The goal though, like, tonight. I mean, to be serious, like Will said, it's it's fucking absurd. Our fans will cry about literally anything. Well, the, the, the most so absurd thing, thing is this: in the league, in the NFL. You're you're gonna be hard pressed to find any hire that is not a nepotism hire by the the definition these people are applying to it. Well, so see- every single guy, I mean, like that's how in in the NFL that it's like okay, there's a lot of football coaching jobs in the world. Now you got to start somewhere, right? A lot of these guys started, you know, 
whether it be Either at the, the professional level or in, in high school or college or whatever it is, but you make your way up. When you get to the NFL, to be an NFL coach on any team, in any role, it, if, you know, in whatever role it is, if you're the wide receivers coach for the the Ravens, you are one of 32 of of the most sought after wide receiver coaching jobs in the world, period. So like in order to get your foot in that door, you probably have to know someone in that building or someone who's willing to vouch for you to the person making that hire. So the NFL is one big nepotism hiring uh, organization. I mean, you have well, to know someone there. Now you're not just hiring some random motherfucker off the street. It just doesn't no. happen. But you're, I mean, you're right to a sense, but I mean, that's why everybody talks all the time about the coaching trees. Like that's what right. Exactly. Is, that's coaching what a coaching trees. tree like, is. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's like, Oh, they came from Andy Reid system. I get that. I get that. But the thing is, is like, I think the where it hits home more for the Raven side of things is that everybody knows Harbaugh holds on way too long. So like, he's got these buddy hires where people call him nepotism hires. They're his buddies, but he holds on too long. and doesn't fire him when he should let him go or move on or put him in different situations or whatever it is. Like he's well, not saying, yeah, but that logic doesn't apply to the fucking running backs coach. Like the running no, backs coach well, doesn't saying, is, is, isn't, isn't the guy who the, who like, Oh so, my God, the, the, that well, play I did, call on, I didn't on get a fourth down. Get there. Yeah, I didn't just, get a chance to get there it's yet. It's just a silly like fucking said, narrative. Yeah, like aligned with morons is the problem. The but problem is that you have valid points and you have stupid people who are on the same side of the argument as you. So it gets but you. But no, yelling. no, here's I'm not fucking done yet. <laughs> but here's my thing is that, like I said earlier, is that the Taggart hire, who gives a shit? He's the running backs coach. He's a right. positional coach. I could go in right now and be a positional coach in the NFL. I'm not even kidding. So, like, it, yeah, but my issue was, is I, I think I was wrong. I think it was somebody that had said, that he was a potential OC target. I thought he was one of the ones that interviewed. So, but still the fact that somebody would even put him in consideration for that. And then he settles for a running backs coach. He probably wasn't that hot of a commodity anyways in the OC market. But I mean, if at that point it felt like, man, we got to find this, this guy a job. Like we got to get him in here somewhere. And that's kind of where, like, that would felt. But, it, dude, he's a fucking running backs coach, man. Who cares? Like, right. he's Didn't got he? a connection. He, he might know something that he – Well, and, you know, okay, I pointed this out on Twitter earlier. He was the running backs coach at Stanford under Jim Harbaugh, and he happened to be there when Toby Gerhardt, who was not a highly sought-after uh, recruit – I think he was a three-star – he, uh, in his junior and senior year, ran for over 3,000 yards combined and 43 touchdowns. And – uh, lost the Heisman by the thinnest margin in the history of the award, and a lot of people think he should have won it over Mark Ingram. But uh, Mark Ingram got the you know the obviously the Alabama rub. So so um, but to, and Toby Gerhardt turns into a second round pick, had a six year NFL career. So I'm not going to say that all of that is because of Willie Taggart, but obviously the development at Stanford comes a lot from your running backs coach who you're working with closely every single day for for three straight years. So if Willie Taggart has not had a lot of success as a or any success really as a a college head coach. He's been a he's been a quarterbacks coach, he's been wide receivers coach, he's been running backs coach and the running backs coaching history he has just aligns up with okay, maybe he, this is something he's really good at and we don't know. We'll, we'll find out, I guess, maybe we won't because who who knows how much impact it's going to have. These are professionals. So They're already the, fucking good. Does does and this is another thing too. I don't because I don't know. But is there any type of coaching connection between Monken and Taggart? So does he know something in uh, Monken's system of, as far as you know? Monken said he likes to spread it around. He like he still likes to run the ball. Doesn't like to abandon the run. Is there something? I mean, maybe that Taggart knows within a system and would be a successful running backs coach. Yeah. Who knows? But he's a fucking running backs coach. So who gives a shit? Let's who gives on. a let's shit? Get, right. Let's get the What's Lamar wrong? contract done and let's just move on to the offseason. Oh, oh. By the way, we did have another nepotism hire today because the assistant strength coach was a was uh was promoted into the strength coach job because Saunders got fired. So there's another one. Parted, parted ways, parted ways, not fired. Well, whatever, but all I know Mutual is parting of the we, ways. we have another nepotism hire because someone inside the building got that job. So, I mean, I guess we're just a corrupt organization, just handing jobs out to to to, to our I mean, friends. Our right? fucking general manager was a nepotism hire. That's he was, right. He was an, inter- he was an intern. Also, he was an the, intern the idea then, you know, worked his way. Yeah, the idea that like you have to turn over your your uh, coaching roster at every level at all the time. Like, I think that, that there's some something to be said for continuity. Like, EDC got that job because he studied under Ozzy for 
20 years before he became the, the GM. And yeah, these guys who are being promoted, so these guys are being promoted or, or moved into more prominent positions. Like T Martin didn't have any NFL experience, came in, d- did the wide receivers coaching for a couple of years. And now you want to be critical of someone. The wide receivers have sucked. They're terrible for the past couple of years. And T Martin essentially got, got uh, a promotion here to be the quarterback's coach. Let me look at the other side of it, though. Like, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because I look at nepotism hires as a different form of nepotism hires. I don't look at a nepotism hire as an internal candidate. I look at a nepotism hire as some dude from outside that might not have a dog in a fight, and all of a sudden he's getting considered for, like, a prominent-type position that has a relation to the coach, whether he coached under him. I don't actually think those are nepotism hires. That's me, but internal I don't think is a nepotism uh, uh, hire because yeah. you I'm did just your kidding. time. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, no, so I know, but a, I'm just putting that out here. there for the yeah. people that don't know you're joking. Yeah, no, but I'm joking. Problem, I, right? I obviously yeah. understand that's that's not a hire either. It's just a, 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 it's a move. A yeah, right. <laughs> we have so many fucking stupid fans who actually think those are nepotism hires. And so Will I had to explain clear- it. <laughs> I know, but Will and I are clearly making fun of them, and then you're arguing against us. So the people who are like uh, who hear this are going to be like, oh, shit, this great guy hates nepotism hires too. Like, I want to be on the same <laughs> side of the argument as him. And that's how, like, it just becomes morons fighting morons because they don't understand that half of us are kidding and you have, like, a rational point, but you use some buzzword they like. So they're like, oh, shit, nepotism. Yeah, I hate that one. Yep. That one's bad. It's like a part well, for the U.S. Yeah. government. Yeah, yeah think buzzwords. about this. Yeah. Think about this. Like, the um, – the, what's the guy's name? Um, Gannon. What's his first name? Rich, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon. Okay, so he got the he got the Arizona job, and he's bringing in people from Philly. Nepotism. That's that's nepotism. I mean, that is nepotism. But like, of course, those guys deserve those jobs. So it's you know, it, <laughs> they nepotism. Were scra- <laughs> nepotism is is is, is uh, part of it's the. Okay, it works. It's part. It's, it's part it, of the yeah, game. Yeah, we're not talking about. Yeah, we're not talking about like, um, you know. In corporate America, when uh, this the CEO hires his like uh, you know nephew who's twenty two, fresh out of college, over some somebody who has like an MBA and and ten years of experience, it's not the fucking same thing. These are so, these are all very talented people who have who have busted their ass to get where they're at. So like, even if it is, so what? It's a private yeah, company. Yeah, and right. and the Gannon the Gannon thing to me is is like who would hire him as a head coach? I mean, I didn't not, like. Did you guys see that me. fucking video? But here's but here's the thing though is like Cardinals were scraping the bottom of the barrel because there was all those reports, and I believe them that nobody wanted to coach with Kyler Murray. You're, you're in a lame duck here. Well, so, it's not like, even that. On top of that, you have to deal with Kyler Murray, who's a brat, like you said, who cares more about Call of Duty than the playbook. And he's also out for the year. So you're in this weird spot where you're basically in like a lame duck year. You're yeah. probably going to tank. You're probably going to trade Hopkins. So you're going to be stuck with a midget who likes to t- stream on Twitch, a fucking midget who likes Call of Duty more than the playbook. Like you have really no good pieces besides Isaiah Simmons on defense. That's a shitty job. Nobody fucking wants it. So you get Rich Cannon's kid to go do it. Hey, and speaking of that, um, they, they're fucked. The Cardinals with that Kyler contract, because the first two years are – or was he? He was still on his rookie deal th- this year. Yeah, he's right? due what one ninety? Yeah. He's one ninety guaranteed or something. Didn't no, it's a, it's one. Yeah. It's 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 one oh three, but it ups it to one eighty nine because I yeah. think years. And this is four my point. Five guarantee. This is my point. They've wasted a year. Yeah. So this coming year is a complete waste of year. So it's like that year where they build in that the uh, the cap flexibility is gone, completely gone, and. Now they're stuck with this asshole with his huge cap hits. He's su- who who knows if he even gets worse after you know after missing a year. I mean, what a fucking disaster that they they That's... they caved and they let him dictate when he gets paid and all that shit. He and so, you want to talk about these these contract extensions? He did not earn that at all. No, no, that was a panic no. hire or a panic contract. But like, and, and with him too, like another thing that I noticed with him is where I was like, man, this guy must fucking suck. Is like when I saw DeAndre Hopkins get into his shit this year in the middle of a mm-hmm. game and DeAndre Hopkins is real quiet. Like, you know, he just goes and plays ball. You don't see much out of him. Like as far as being like electric like that, but he looked hot. He looked like he yep. wanted every piece of Kyler Murray. Well, and you know, when you see it like that on the, on, on the field in the game, that shit's been, that's been yeah. happening <laughs> at practice. That, that, that's been building up. That's been building up. Oh yeah. 
I don't remember who I was arguing with, but they were trying to tell me Kyler Murray's this elite athlete and this great quarterback and I'm a hater and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, the problem is he's, he's a fucking midget. And I don't think people realize it's going to be the same problem with Bryce Young is that you can't see over the defensive line. You can't see over your own offensive lineman. You're going to miss DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to try to force the ball to your fucking midget pal Hollywood. Like this is this is the problem, well, with it, and this is it, why he wasn't worth the extension. And people, they're fucked if he can't move after. People say that they don't know how to evaluate athletes because he got drafted high in baseball, so they think automatically, "Oh man, this guy's a two sport guy." He's got, yeah, I mean, he's got an technically, he's quick. Yeah, well, I mean, he but, won the Heisman I mean, Trophy I've too, seen, didn't he? I've seen yeah, baseball players get drafted yes, top five that aren't great athletes. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're an athlete, you're a professional, but like, I've seen guys that aren't great athletes drafted in top five. Like, they couldn't catch a tennis ball if you throw it to them, but they can throw 95 miles an hour. I so, mean, like, I mean, I think he's a great athlete. It's just that he's he's a great he's athlete, but, but he's, he's too, way too small. He's duty. way too yeah, small. he's limited. Yeah, he's limited. He's but he's not Lamar. He's not a Lamar Jackson athlete. Like people no, compare no, him no. to like his because he can run or scramble or do whatever. Like Lamar Jackson's a different type of athlete. Like he's a guy that I guarantee you could give him like a cornhole bag and he sinks it every time, or a beer pong ball and he drains all six cups. Like he's just pro- like one of those guys just naturally good at what he because he like he zones in on shit and he like focuses and like really obsesses over yeah. being good at things. He's one of those guys who uh, Drew and I have made this exact argument with uh, weirdo soccer lovers where the United States men's soccer team could be the most dominant uh, sports team of all time. If we, if we just took our best athletes. So like LeBron James is somebody who obviously would be on the team. Right. And Tyree kill Kill, Lamar Jackson's one of the people I would put on there because he's just, his athleticism like translates to any situation. Like you could, he's some, he's a guy who, if, if you, if you gave him a reason to, he could pick up any sport. He could go be a great swimmer if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, I think the only sport that he couldn't pick up in like a week's time would be hockey. That's 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 always my argument with hockey people too. Is like, I, I, I don't dispute that hockey professional hockey players are good athletes. But if you take the best athlete in the NHL and put them against the best athlete in in basketball or football, the it's not even close. But it's the same not, thing not is that close. if you can't if you can't skate, you can't play hockey. Right, so exactly. It's, so it's just too 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 specified. It's like too uh, specialized of a of a a skill, you know. Yeah, that's like that's saying right. that's like saying you play basketball but you can't shoot. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's like yeah, you can't expect someone to just like go put skates on and be good at. You have to learn how to ice skate and then play hockey. You can, you know what I mean? It's two two separate things. So <laughs> and then you have guys six five two fifty running into you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Full yeah. speed. But yeah, but, but like Lamar Jackson's one of those people you would pick to be on like the elite athlete squad that we teach how to play soccer and then go uh, assert our dominance on the rest of the world. Oh, he'd destroy yeah. soccer, his long strides and like, the mm-hmm. way, like oh yeah, he'd be, he'd kill, he'd kill soccer. He'd fucking kill basketball because he's actually used to, you know, contact. He'd try to ball a, you know, hole, go for a dunk every single time and wouldn't cry like <laughs> uh, LeBron or. You know, some pussy like that. Yeah, so I have know, an I have a nepotism Ravens. hire that I wanted to talk about. It's not a Ravens okay. hire. Eric Bieniemy is a nepotism hire in Washington. Okay, you have to lay out the case for us because I'm not sure I agree with you. Well, Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for how many jobs over the past three years? At least forty. Right, Roughly. hasn't gotten any of them, and he finally gets a job. It's a lateral move to Washington. Ron Rivera is the head coach in Washington. Ron Rivera is from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Andy Reid said he wanted Eric Bieniemy to get a job where he runs the show. So Andy Reid got Eric Bieniemy that job in Washington. Okay, so hear me out here. What if Dan Snyder wants to move on from Ron Rivera but couldn't figure out a way to do it on his own? So Andy Reid called Dan Snyder, said, you hire Eric Bieniemy. And now if you push out Ron Rivera and put Eric Bieniemy as the head coach, you won't get as much shit for it. Well, Dan Snyder's not going to have anything so what if it's, it. So it doesn't matter. Why? Because that, that, that transaction that, that transaction is going to be done before the season. Yeah, it makes the franchise more appealing to buy. If you have a well-liked head coach that you know the whole NFL wants you to uh, – has been rooting for to have a job for forever. <laughs> yeah, Ron Rivera is such an unlikable guy. Just fucking yeah, uh, coach, coach through cancer. 
mean, I oh. think I think he's pretty likable. If you're talking about selling a team, I almost said something horrific, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, and obviously I'm uh, I, I am joking. Eric Bieniemy yeah. could could have gotten basically any offensive coordinator job that he wanted. I think that's he didn't even interview with us. We we asked him to interview, and he he I think he politely declined. Uh, we, we we talked to him apparently. Allegedly, I don't know. It was like a phone, phone call, or, yeah, phone call or something. Yeah. But and yeah, basically, so. he said, and it makes sense is that he didn't want to stay in Kansas City because he didn't see a future of being a head coach there. He didn't want to come to Baltimore because he didn't see a future of being a head coach here. But he saw the opportunity to go over to Washington and build his scheme there, and then potentially step in as the head coach. I assume the assistant head coach title for him has some kind of built-in language that if Ron Rivera were to step away, that he is the, you know, if that's their succession plan. I doubt that it's built in, but I think that's, that's pretty well assumed at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I mean, like, they're Uh, not going to like, not, not like built into the contract, but like, that's, that's part of the reason why they gave him the assistant head coach titles that that was like an assurance that he was given. Basically it's like, if the, if they move on, then it's not even a, it's just like immediately it's not going to, you know, it's just going to be like, okay, Eric B is the, the interim head coach. Yeah, I, it's I feel not, like not even like a, a moment of like thinking goes into it. It's just okay, we're moving on from Ron to to Eric. Yeah, because I it was odd to see him make that move initially, but it it makes sense now if you think about it that there's got to be he must not want to come to Baltimore or you know go. So, I, nobody wants to give him a head coaching job straight off the bat is what it clearly looks like to me. So he must not have wanted to come to Baltimore, do well with Lamar, and then jump somewhere else and start fresh. That he wants to basically have a, a system that he's built in place. I want to see what he can do without Andy Reid, which is what a lot of people have kind of said, and I think that that could be a po- definitely a possibility. Oh sure, yeah, no, I don't mean. And it, it also helps that, him escape that's, his that's past definitely part because of it. you know his, his past legal issues, and you, know, you can tell me whatever opinion you have on him. I don't really care, but like clearly that's got to play a factor in it. And now you're on a you know, Dan Snyder team that used to be named after, you know, something racist. So I feel like you can kind of bury your, uh, your past there. Yeah. Cause there's much, bigger, I, much bigger yeah. fish to fry. I wonder, I do wonder if, um, if the enemy's past, like it was sort of, it was sort of like a, we, we were like, Oh yeah, we're interested in interviewing Eric the because he's like, he's it's, a qualified, he's a qualified candidate. So like, so the Ravens were like, okay, we got to put him on the list of people we're interested in, but there wasn't, we weren't actually going to follow through on that because it would be, it, I mean, it would be very hypocritical for them to hire him considering yeah. the hard, the hard line they've drawn on um, any sort on of multiple fronts that he's been charged with or found guilty. Right. of. So, yeah. So, I mean, that would not surprise me at all that it was sort of like, okay, we're kind of going through the motions here just to do due diligence. They had a phone call with them uh, and, and that's that because they, I mean, they basically, offered the contract to Munkin like two seconds later because they weren't even able to talk to the enemy till Monday. It was Monday. Brian. It was Brian Johnson saying, no, I think that immediately. So if I had to read the room and guess it would have been Brian Johnson, Eric B and Todd Munkin were their top three candidates. So I think you call B on Monday and he basically says, go screw like um, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go to Washington or, you know, I don't want to make a lateral move to Baltimore. Brian Johnson is either going to, you know, at that point was either going to go to Indy with Steichen or was going to stay and be the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. So you're left yeah. with Monken. That's not really a bad thing, but I, I think that that's how that played out. And that's why you saw it play out so quickly on Monday. Yeah. Is that you know one what, of those two? You know what I thought was funny? When uh, it was all sort of unfolding on, on the day of the Super Bowl where they were saying like, okay, Steichen's going to, uh, is, has been, offered the the job which is interesting because yeah. they're like they're not even supposed to be able to talk to those guys until after the super bowl and and there's an offer like a pending offer on the table already on on super bowl sunday but um they're like and brian johnson will likely leave with him to be his offensive coordinator why the fuck would would johnson leave the eagles they have a fuck they, i mean they have a, a fully <laughs> built offense train wreck team howie roseman fucked up you saw their defense is is fucked. They're going to be thin on cap space. Yeah, but as They're an gonna... offensive coordinator, if you're going to go from if you're, you're he's going to get an offensive coordinator job one way or the other. He's going to get the the Ravens, the uh, Colts, or stay and become the Eagles' offensive coordinator. In that situation, mm-hmm. the most uh, the the situation with the least amount of question marks is Philly, and it's the system that he's already in. So I mean, like, what what does their offense need? I think it's a fully fully built offense 
Was he guaranteed that OC job, though? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he was going to get hired to go somewhere else and their offensive coordinator was leaving, he was the clear choice to be their offensive coordinator. I think he is their offensive coordinator now, right? What's that? I think they hired him officially, no? I think so. Yeah, I think he officially took the job, so... I mean, you have to. Why would you leave that situation? Well, because, you know, our, our fans love to suck Howie's dick, but you have an aging offensive line. You have two wide receivers that are very good and not much past them. You have Dallas Godert, who's hurt every other year. I think Miles Sanders is a free agent. He is. That, that's correctly. one. But, like, they don't yeah, even use him properly to begin with. So Okay, well, but okay, my point so- is, is that they're, they're in cap hell, okay? They're in cap hell because they did these void year deals poorly. They way overdid it. They have 20% of their cap next year is put to, um, you know, dead money at this point. Right. Okay. On top of that, you have major holes on the defense that you're going to have to fill. You're either going to, and so you you have good draft picks because they they got lucky with the Carson Wentz trade and they got lucky with a couple other trades that they made. So you have the pieces to essentially go all in again this year. But, like, you can only do that so many times without winning before you just have to blow the whole thing up. So I, well, I feel like Philly's yeah. a ticking time bomb. The year after yeah. that, the year after that, or the, definitely the year after that, but um, Jalen Hurts is going to get an extension this summer. And hit, so next year, his he, they're still going to have him on a, on a second-round rookie deal. So mm-hmm. he, he's going to be cheap as shit. That's what's saving their ass right now. That's going to yeah, be the was, race for Lamar. That's going to be the race deal. Like you got to get the deal done before they get to Hertz. And why they're not going to, they're not, they can't fully guarantee Hertz. That's they, no, yeah, that's, right. No, oh, the you're way saying they from Lamar's, Lamar's point yeah. of view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're totally yeah, right. I thought you were saying yeah. the Ravens had to beat the Eagles. Yeah. Like, because no, they Jalen won't hurt. That, no, that's what I'm saying. Burrow. It's a race. Yeah. It's a race between them and, and they, they would have to beat the Lamar deal, but it would also help us to get the deal done. Before Burrow, they Burrow and Hurts help the Ravens because I don't think either one of them get a fully guaranteed contract. I think since these owners too poor to afford yep. a fully guaranteed contract. Yep. And I don't think the Eagles can make that cap make sense. And well, the only yeah. thing that I, and the and the only thing I've ever really praised Howie Roseman about myself is that I respect that he's not attached to draft picks. He was not he's not afraid to move around, go get like an elite player like an AJ Brown, not afraid to move up and down the draft board. Not like, afraid he, to take Jalen Jalen Rager in front of Justin Jefferson. Not afraid. Well, okay, that was fucking stupid. No and fear. We all no knew fear. that. No fear but, in his heart. But my thing is, is like I guess it's so much frustration built up that EDC doesn't make those types of efforts to even at least make an attempt to like that's where the frustration he got you the from. best I'm middle like, linebacker he got, he got you the best middle linebacker in football for a second round pick do you know i mean Ropon smith is the best inside linebacker oh, in it's, it, and in, yeah, in 2019 he went and got one got marcus peters who went and got marcus williams but um, we're talking Kyle about Hamill, offensively we Clay all know Campbell. that a receiver has been the problem yeah, for a long he's, time he's, he's and he's what dry, a game change at it it, it, that's what I mean. And and the fact that you have to be able to finish and close those types of deals where you know, okay, yeah, middle linebacker was a hole, but not like wide receiver. This is a hole. Okay, well, it doesn't fit the offense. All the excuses for this and that, like th- it doesn't matter. If you get a game-breaking wide receiver, it changes your entire offense, your entire game. It converts those red zone issues. It like I mean, it's a whole different – he thought in his first was, draft that he picked that he picked Tyree Kill and fucking Calvin Johnson 2.0. I he mean, didn't think he did. That, that's that's what he thought he picked, and like that's fine. Over AJ and and the, we all didn't know what I mean. Debo was good, like in college, Debo was a stud, but he's nobody knew that, Debo would be Debo. Yeah. He's the and one then, that everybody's like, I wish we took, and I'm like, you know, would have been cool. He was a second like, rounder still. Yeah, he was not the same guy that you're talking yeah. about. It was the it was same DK thing with McLaurin. McLaurin was like a second yeah. rounder. People are like you just you didn't know, but like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, like complete fucking no brainers. Like I think one of them was dealing coming off like an ACL injury or something. I think it might have been DK or some. No, it was AJ. It was AJ. And yeah. so, I mean, that was kind of what I, what you look at. But, man, like, to, to be like, all right, no other positions, but just be like, all right, this is going to be our guy right here. Like, that's just – I didn't see that with Hollywood. And it just – he's just not an evaluator of receivers. And uh, I joke apparently, apparently, Lamar it, but... him. apparently Lamar asked for Apparently Lamar asked for Hollywood. He did. You don't fucking listen to him any other time. Why do you listen to him now? 
Okay, but like again, we're talking about Lamar hates the, this this narrative that's out there that we don't do anything for Lamar and we never help Lamar out and we hate Lamar and blah 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 and like and we gave him the midget he asked for. It was a stupid fucking pick. Clearly, it has set us back four years in the wide receiver department, but we gave him what he asked for. So I don't know how we can um, like there. There's a lot of things that Ravens fans say about our team and about the front office, like that Eric Tacosa has not tried at wide receivers. He's tried a lot of times. He just sucks at it, which is okay. Like you well, can, you know, so he's, uh, here's you a can problem. learn from your mistakes. Yeah, he, but, yeah, okay. he has done he, great. The Roquan deal for sure. He, he has tried with wide receivers, but he's tried to do it in a, in a kind of, it's like a, the money ball approach almost like he's tried yeah. to be, he's like outsmarted himself with it, but he has tried, but <sighs> now it's very obvious. Like, dude, just do it. Like everybody else is doing it. You know, like your back is against the wall with wide receivers at this yeah. point. Like you, you have to do something big to get yourself out of the hole that you're in. You're not gonna, Otherwise, you're not gonna make yourself look like a genius by by picking somebody yeah. out of obscurity. Like, just pick one of the guys I, you know is good, and he's gonna go he's be not, good. And he's not like be, you will be praised for that. You're, yeah, you, you, you will this, get the credit. I promise. He's not like I Jason Giambi's hitting three twenty in the month of September with. Uh, <laughs> he Eric Eric Tocasa is is Danny Ainge. And like I've made this comparison a thousand times of Danny Ainge loved draft picks and Danny Ainge loved picking up these fringe guys who he could thought he could put on his team or he did put on his team and they, they worked out great. Danny Ainge thought he was the smartest fucking person in the room. Again, he got Jason Tatum third overall. He had the first overall pick and traded down and got Jason Tatum. He went out and got Isaiah Thomas, who was like this gimpy little midget that nobody thought was going to be good at basketball. He put up like an MVP season for Danny Ainge. Like, that's the only season. This is yeah, like this is like when when Jake starts talking about electricity. Fucking, we got Drew See, and the old Celtics. But it's it's a fact here is that is that they are the same guy who EDC loves his draft picks and EDC loves bargain barrel guys. So again, Marcus Peters was a bargain barrel guy when we brought him in. He was a former All Pro wide you know cornerback that was in the wrong system and for the Rams. And we saw that if we put him in our man system, he could be good again. And then, lo and behold, he became an all-pro. Again, Calais Campbell is this geriatric fuck who hadn't been good in a couple of years in Jacksonville. We give him a fifth-round pick. We take him in. I don't think he's you know lived up to the contract here. People love him, whatever. I, I'm not going to fucking argue it, but he, he's fit. He's been what we needed. And so, yeah, like, like, on the I defensive like side, yeah. And, you know, Roquan Smith, again, like, we saw that we have Patrick Queen, who is struggling in the coverage aspect of things and is great at downhill play. And so we paired him with a middle linebacker who is great in coverage and great sideline to sideline. And so I feel like he's done a great job of, you know, looking on the defense. Or Marcus Williams is another good one of, you know, we needed that kind of that ball hop center fielder safety, so we went out and signed Marcus Williams. Like, he's been very good at identifying the needs on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, being able to make the right move to fill that. He has not done that very well with wide receiver yet. But, again, tomorrow's a new day. Howie Roseman drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. And now people are seeing his presence online because he went out and traded for AJ Brown. It just takes one move to make people forget the stupid shit he did in the past. Well, yeah. I hope he does. I hope he needs to. But the thing too is, is like we look at all these draft picks and all these failed signings or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like something's got to be different. And we have yeah. like kind of that mentality in the organization as like we do it's the 80-20. Like, yeah, and it's they do 80-20 think, principle. Yeah, and they do think that they are like like the Ravens aren't that organization anymore that people are scratching and clawing at the door to come here anymore. So you got to kind of maybe make that extra effort. You got to kind of maybe throw in that extra. When were incentive. they ever scratch? When were they ever scratching and clawing to come here on the offensive side of the ball? In I mean, in the through the problem of everything, people wanted to play here. Like what lately, not as much. I mean, Anquan. Well, I mean, it was he a didn't want to play. He didn't want to. We paid him. That's why he wanted. He didn't want to be in Arizona. Tio said no. Tio told us to go fuck ourselves. Tio said my agent fucked me and filed a grievance with. But the I NFL wasn't talking necessarily just wide receiver. I was talking in general, like free agents. Like it's it was more of a destination. Is what I'm getting at. And I mean, I, I just think he needs to who, make things who, happen. Who are the who are the the big name guys that came here? Elvis Dumerville came here because of a paperwork error. Like I, we we never were a big destination. I guess is my point is that we always hit on guys in the draft, and we stopped doing that the last four years to the same extent, to the same to the same so, level that we were. So if if you do look at it at that angle, then who's been in charge of the draft the last four years? Yeah, EDC's had some pretty bad drafts. I mean, there's no the 20, 2019 was a horrendous draft. Twenty twenty was not a great draft. He's gotten better. 
Again, Kyle Hamilton put up the highest graded uh, safety season of all of the last um, nine years since 2014. He has the highest one. But if you don't anybody. take if you don't take him at 14, you're fucking stupid. Like if yeah. he's sitting there in the draft. I mean, so that's kind of like a I don't even really count well, him. Don't don't tell don't tell the nepotism hire people that because they they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they thought that he was a terrible were, pick. Yeah, they they swear to God he was a t- he was a top five projected. No, They're still they, those people are exactly. still right now right now talking about oh Kyle Hamilton didn't really do that much. He was just he was just covering the slot. Blah blah blah. Okay, so it started off that Linderbaum was a bad pick. That was the movement out of camp from that uh, group of, of dumbasses. And then Tyler Linderbaum proved that, oh, shit, like having a good center actually helps us. And then it switched to, well, why didn't we take Tyler Linderbaum at 14 and take George Pickens at 25? No, I would have never Again, taken those, Linderbaum at 14. Like, that's those are your people. Though. Insane. Those are your, those are your Pickens people. The Pickens well, people. Pickens should have been should, – Pickens should be a Raven. But no. I'm okay with the I'm okay with the Linderbaum pick. I, I mean, you had to. I mean, after seeing the way that we struggled from the center position the past couple of years, like you had to. And and he was apparently like through the draft process one of the biggest no brainers of a center in the last like whatever decade that they said. Every year I feel like there's a guy like that. But like mm-hmm. he was the he was the can't miss center. Like there's no way he's gonna be there that late. Which I can understand now if you're trading. Marquise Brown that wants to get out and you basically are trading Marquise Brown, which is coming into a new deal that he needs to sign for a rookie center coming in with a fifth year option. That's going to be the center stone for your offensive line for the next five years minimum. So like, I mean, I get that. I get that a hundred percent, but yeah, George Pickens should be a Raven. No, maybe, maybe okay, second I, round. That's how you oh, ended that. That was the other one that I wanted. So it was, but it was uh, yeah, George Pickens should be a Raven. Yeah. It was Visionless Dave's fault for Mike this dropped. stupid fucking. It was this stupid fucking comparison by Visionless Dave, who tagged Will and I in a tweet that said uh, Monken during his press conference said he loves guys who want the ball, and you know went on this whole thing about like, of course you want people to want the ball and want people to want to do well, and the immediate reaction was like, oh, but people hate Pickens, blah 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 blah, you know, nonsense from our fans, and comparing him to Odell, Pickens hasn't earned shit and is crying for the ball. No. Well, and when it's... yeah, when Pickens had his little temper tantrum, it was either week two or week three. It was, it was he had, week three when he had like two catches, right? And, doing shit. Comparing feed him the ball, but okay, but comparing Burn George Pickens to Odell Beckham Jr. and and <laughs> when the, those things occurred and why they occurred and who, it's just not even Pickens after okay, a full so... season still do, is not. You can't compare him to fucking Odell. Until Pickens, until Pickens gives a Gatorade bottle, the sweet chin music, then I don't even really care at that point because Odell did fight a kicking net. But I don't even hold yeah. that against him. I don't care how good he is. You really he just was also didn't an fight a kicking net. That, so. It doesn't he, matter. He you fought a kicking net. To bring something back to uh, a topic we covered last week, um, I, I still don't think Ahmad Gardner earned the nickname Sauce, but – if you're going to play to at least he's done something to earn being a cocky jackass like he is. And I don't think that Pickens has done that. I don't think he's done anything to earn no, crying. For the ball. So I, I don't know. That's just me. I, I don't understand this whole movement of like, we want to prop up Steelers players, but you know, here we are. I'm going to call you buck nasty. Cause you're at the player haters ball right now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, fucking, I, I hate George Pickens. I'm loud and proud about that. <laughs> We we know, we know. Actually, I think Will might hate him more because Will talks about him more than you do. I don't even yeah, really but, talk about him <laughs> nearly. I don't even talk at him. this point. I don't talk about him. People tag people tag me and shit. And what am I supposed to do? Talk I'm about him. To, um, you're not allowed to publicly disagree on Twitter. It's uh, it's frowned upon. So just in case you're wondering. Interesting. The fact that you say so, the the fact that oh no, I'm trying to go back to this too. But the fact that you say Saltzner his nickname, he's first team All Pro as a rookie is bananas. Like like first team All Pro defense defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, like would you like what else? What other award could he possibly have have won? And he actually he was up. He he was he should have been a finalist, but he wasn't. Well, it's a pass rusher award. We all know that. And Stephon Gilmore won it like two years ago. That's like yeah, getting mad. At, that's like getting mad at Justin Jefferson because he didn't win MVP, and that's like getting mad at Cooper Cup last year because he didn't win MVP. Yeah, like, but they won Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah that's the so consolation. Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmad Gardner did not. So 
Look, okay, I told you, it's like a straight up, like, I will never be re-involved. I, I am never going to. to. We're going to come up with a bet this year where you're going to end up in a Sauce Gardner jersey. Well, I mean, you told me that he wasn't going to give up a touchdown this year, and he did, so. He gave up one in the NFL. Just one more than zero. Full season. Okay, so, you tell me, okay, so yeah. through – through high school, through college, and through his first NFL season, this man has only given up one touchdown as a corner, and you're still not on board. Okay, so from 2014 to last year, or to you know his senior season in college, he had given up zero, and then in a much smaller sample size, he gave up one. That's oh regression. My God. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, yeah, regress? absolutely, you're wrong. Absolutely, you're wrong. The stats say otherwise. Uh, that's all I'm saying. You could pick out the biggest all-star that you've ever seen in your life and go put him in a flag football game, and they couldn't go six games without giving up a touchdown. This motherfucker I, went like eight years. Yeah, and then he gave one up this year, so that that streaks over. Living I did go one. I did go one full season, didn't give up one touchdown as a. I have defense. never given up. A, I have never. So given up a touchdown you were locked life. down. I was locked. I've never. I've never given up a touchdown in coverage in my life. Yeah, because you were day. probably pass rushing. <laughs> That's fine. I never gave a touchdown and covered. <laughs> yeah, the bull. I probably, I probably covered. A, I probably covered a tight end at some point. You went in the flat. I guess. Yeah, out on the flat. Oh, I tackled Aaron Hernandez in high school. <laughs> well, I mean, let him that'd be like, yeah, but you let him go, and then he went and murdered people. That'd well, be like side, uh, he, that's right. I pushed him out, but you know, because it it if you could go back in time, had you known, you'd probably be like, it'd be like the scene from the Last Boy Scout at the beginning when they're in the rain game. He just pulls out a gun, and starts shooting people, so he scores a touchdown. Yeah, no. So he caught the ball on the sideline, and I kind of just like went up and like lightly pushed him while he was basically falling out of bounds anyway because it was a horribly thrown ball. But <laughs> I get the credit for the tackle on that one. So I start. I I locked down Aaron Hernandez in coverage. Sauce Gardner has never done. I'll be honest, I didn't even know that they played football in high school in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. He was <laughs> he was uh he was better at basketball than he was at football, but that's a different story for a different day. Um and he did not kill anybody while he was in high school. Just wanna put that on the record. Are you sure? How can you be sure? Um, um because where he grew up there was not a lot of murders, if any. I mean, <laughs> mostly you husband and wife squabbles. Could just get you know? in the car and go somewhere where murders happen. Yeah, what if it's like yet. that movie Hot was it Hot Fuzz where there are murders, but they act like they're all accidental deaths. And it was no, really it was Aaron like, Hernandez I, is a serial murderer. So you're telling me that Aaron Hernandez was actually the domestic disputes that caused deaths in his area. Yeah. That was yep. actually him. Perhaps. Just a, just a massive cover-up. Yes, way. exactly. Just like if, he went to Yukon, if he went to Yukon, I would buy it, but uh, just I'm not buying it. Just just not buying this uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, was a serial Dan Orlovsky went to Yukon. Are you a Dan Orlovsky fan? Um, No. He's but not a UConn football fan. I'm not a UConn. They weren't D1 when I was a kid. They were uh, they were a joke until about then one they year. Played they played like they, Villanova and all them, and the, uh, was a CAA or whatever. Um, yeah, they were like D1 AA, and their basketball team was the only thing that actually mattered. And then at some point in my life, they're like D1 football. And now they have uh, Jim Moore's kid, Neptism Meyer, because he got Don't... hired because they name. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have some weird. They have some weird rivalry game called the Civil Conflict or something. Yeah, but it's not real. Only one no. side like recognizes it. Is it? Is it uh, South it's, Florida? Uh, uh, yeah, it's South Florida, and they call it the civil con- conflict with. Um, oh, with like C O N and F. Yeah, yeah F L C T. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So my thing is though, is being from Connecticut and being a UConn fan means that you had been a UConn fan for a really long time. Have you been a UConn what? fan longer than a Michigan fan? For. Um, I mean, I was like six when I started caring about college football. That was uh, Charles Woodson, you know, Rose Bowl year. So, oh yeah, you are yeah. younger than me. Yeah, I'm that was sure the first college team I watched. You're like Todd Charles Charles Woodson team. team. <laughs> 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 oh, he did not get wheeled up to the uh, podium. Was that uh... actually they didn't Dude, show it on the press conference? If he so, ever um... like, if he ever wants to troll me so bad, and he'll be my hero for life. He's got to go on the sidelines and call a game with Velcro shoes on. So he is on Twitter. So I think that we're going to have to get him on this podcast. I, I just don't know how, but I need I him would to love make for fun him. of Who? I don't I need not, him to, like, I just don't, I don't not like him. Like, I like the guy. Like, I think he's a great hire, and I'm happy to have him here yeah. now. But he's always going to be old to me now because I got to it. Was it, the, it was the Depends and Jello tweet that I just need. I need to read that to his face I was, on air. I was waiting for Grant to say that Willie Taggart was old today. He's a yeah. he's eleven years yeah, younger oh, you than, than Munkin. 
Well, you, you waited you, so you, like, you wanted it so bad. You jumped me, and I wasn't even talking about it. You said he's forty six with an exclamation point, and I was oh, I like, just, I wasn't even talking about. I just that. misunderstood your. You said something. Uh, you said something about. You said fuck them kids. I thought you were saying that because you were saying he's old. Saying that about. You know what I mean? Like get off yeah, my lawn. Not because he tried to murder. Not because he tried to murder a couple kids. Yeah, he was trying to be a. That. He was trying to be a, like a nineteen whatever Vietnam sergeant. Dude, like, he watched. He watched. Eat mud. Titans. You'll get. You'll get water off mud. Okay, all right. Them. Let Let's pump the brakes. You You would be just like that if you were if you were a coach right now, and Grant, it was Grant loud. Is a coach right now. But I mean, right but I mean, if he was like a a college coach. But no, I mean they get water. Like what a, the guy, fuck a guy, a guy that, that? Uh, fucking Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. He was he was on staff um, in Maryland when when they had their player die. Well, his last name Canada. Are you shocked? He wasn't going to stand up for himself. But oh, a guy wow. that everybody well, just celebrated. Percent, a guy but... who everybody just celebrated when he died. Well, uh, no, they're really Mike nice. Leach. Like the Mike Leach. And stuff. Remember what Mike Canada, Leach did? Canadians yeah, are yeah, Sean Salisbury's kid. No, it's Craig James's kid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Craig James also Craig James also ruined SMU football to the point that they produced James Prochet. So I think that that's not that's an eye for an eye there. Yeah, Mike Leach, Mike Leach. Mike Leach had the kids with the concussion go sit in a shed in the dark and like Rest stare at the wall. Man, I, love, I love Mike Leach, the pirate. I, man, he, he was my there. dream offensive coordinator last year. God, I, I, I love him, him at some point, and then he passed away. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I literally said we should hire Mike Leach, and then like a week later, he passed away. I was like, "Well, that's my fault." It's like I'm somewhat responsible for this happening, but yeah, I mean, when I had a concussion in college, they put me in the shed too, so I don't. And I didn't, you know, see the school and cry about it. I feel like Craig James' kid's kind of a pussy. Yeah, but that. you went to school in like in Massachusetts, and yeah. uh, and he went to school in Texas. Okay. I mean, it was cold in the shed. <laughs> you can't be sitting in the shed in Texas. It's basically like an oven. And so this is basically a freezer when I was in it. Is there any difference there? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Big it's time. pretty similar. So what happens if you put a VHS in a freezer? And what happens if you put a VHS in a car in 100 degrees in Texas? One of them's melting and one of them's going to be all right. Yep. You can freeze a VHS and it still works. I bet it would if it thought about right, it. Do it. Do it. I'm, I'm I'm on, I don't even have I don't even have one anymore. But <laughs> yeah. when we get one of my old high school highlight tapes or something, I, they used to use like the projectors. Oh, the um the film reels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were classmates with Jesus back then, so or um Beethoven. You Beethoven <laughs> and Todd Munkin were all just chilling in fifth grade at recess. Hell no, Todd Munkin was <laughs> Todd Munkin was sliding down dinosaur tails and be- beating rocks and bedrock and making <laughs> friends with his neighbor. Uh, Todd Munkin was actually the first ever football coach. I don't know if you knew that. He was. He even, he invented the game. No, he was just one of the first coaches after it was invented to get hired. It was a nepotism hire because he somebody's sister said oh, that shit. he should get the job. Yeah. <laughs> Every single was, football coach since then's been a nepotism hire because they all so, they all yeah, somehow was, knew Todd Munkin. It was yep. one of the coaches' great, great, great grandfather. They were like, "Let's give him a shot." Yeah, well, guys, um, I do have breaking news tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, the uh, the Ravens are are hiring a, a brand new front desk receptionist, and uh, it's Todd Munkin's niece. So, ah, uh, she's a lot of years of experience, though. Nepotism. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's on. Yeah, she's on. She's on a work permit. She's fifteen. Um, so he's 15. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Grant told me he's 90. There's no way he's a 15 year old niece. You mean his grand niece? It had to be his great niece or great great or grand niece or grand grand. Oh, some fucking maybe, shit. Maybe he's a vampire. Some kind of we just don't know. <laughs> Drew, the <laughs> other day I was I was thinking about this. We have we we brought it up at one point, but then we like just forgot about it. What about that guy who was in the offensive coordinator booth? That nerd. Yeah, they yelled dork. I hope he's gone. We got to find out, though. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to look at the uh, offensive staff website because last time I looked, he was still on there, but he didn't have a position. Yeah. Like so me. I think because I think it, he could be just as much of an issue as Roman because he's no, the I guy. The, I, well, the he's the guy that, that they, they credited with all the like situational, like, uh, you know, statistical analysis and shit. So if he's okay, the guy giving it, them it, all the advice and they're and they're fucking up on on, uh, you know, in the situational play calling. Then hopefully is, he's he's not going to taint his fault. Todd. Is that his fault for being a stat nerd, or is that Greg Roman's fault for listening to the stat nerd? Though this is well, like at a that point, at that point, I don't know. I mean, I feel like at that at some point, it, it, then we're talking about a John Harbaugh issue. 
But well, yeah, I mean, don't hire nerds from Yale like that. I'm, I'm so, totally on board. But with I, so we got to know though. Then that's why we got to know. Speaking of nepotism hires, if this guy's yeah, well, still around, if this guy, right, well, if he's still around, why? If he was part, anybody who was part of the Greg Roman uh, play calling apparatus, anybody adjacent to that needs to not be in the building anymore. The guy so in charge of, of putting the uh, speaker in the helmet got to go. <laughs> speaking yeah. of Greg, speaking of Greg Roman, where does he end up? High school. You know, <laughs> yeah, honestly, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't he know. Did, he was coaching high school, wasn't he? Before I don't know he, his family situation. I know his his son was at Mount St. Joe's. Yeah, is at school, Mount St. Yeah. Joe's, but I don't know if, if he's uh, how old his son is. So I don't know. Maybe I mean he made two million dollars a year for the last three years. So I'm I'm sure and he's he okay. Fraudulently took a PPP loan. So <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Uh, so it was but, the same name as so, his wife. Took yeah, I don't years. know. I mean. I would think no matter what, his family is probably sticking around here, depending on uh, what what age his, his son is uh, in terms of finishing high school. But Okay, so hold on. Grant is the defensive coordinator for his son's peewee football team. Oh, we if rock and roll, baby. If there is some kind of tournament where I can get Greg Roman to be the offensive coordinator of the opposing peewee football team, I'm in for that. A Grant, a Grant versus Greg. Grant versus Greg matchup. I'd smoke him. We'd have to oh like one when, my, when Greg yeah. runs the score up on Grant. Grant's going to tell him to drop a pin. My yeah. ten, my <laughs> man, my yeah, my uh, my ten year olds will they my defensive line stunts and we got blitz packages. That fucking running gun ain't doing shit with people. You're not touching a foot. Yeah, well, when Greg Roman rolls out his, um, you know, he's on the questionable birth certificate, but he's like a six five, three hundred pound ten year old at fullback, and he's yeah. running screen stack it all game. You're not going to be able to stop it. Yeah, well, screens. Well, that wouldn't be in it. He'd be a slot Greg receiver. Roman offense. Yeah, <laughs> there's no screens. Uh, the, the second and fourteen fullback screen has gotten a lot of uh, play on my timeline recently. The only screen that the only screen that Greg Roman sees is when he opens the porch door to get the bacon that's getting old, that's sitting outside. Uh, all right, I'm going to start calling Maryland Peewee football programs and pitching Greg Roman to them. You should. I, I need to see this, and then Will and I can live stream the game and commentate over it. Gosh, he'd probably he'd get fired mid game. I'm thinking he hangs like 40 on you. Oh yeah, no what? He would score. Have, yeah, he trot the Heisman the the Heisman package out. And then he just <laughs> comes and he yeah. walks up to you at midfield after the game. He's like, "So should I still be fired under the sun?" No, I'm just gonna hand him those old like McDonald's coupons that used to get in your stocking <laughs> when we were kids, and they were like the fake bucks. I'm just gonna hand him those and just hope and dream that it still works. <laughs> what did you guys think of the Heisman package when we did that? It was, we didn't really fucking do it much. And, well, we did I it. Mean, so we did it. The one time we did do it, we, we, you know, how they had it. They had RG3 set left, Ingram mm-hmm. right, and Lamar and shotgun. And they ran basically, I think they ran like a, like an inside play action or an RPO look to, um, to Ingram. And then they did an option sweep to the left mm-hmm. with RG3 and uh, I may be reversing the whole thing but they did they did like the inside handoff fake to like to run option and they pitched it out to RG3 and I think he got like 11 yards out of it or something like that it was beautiful well, yeah it was against against the Bengals, wasn't it what's yeah. that wasn't that it against, was against the Bengals in 2019 I think so I remember but they, that. I mean that they the... could and and that that offense could have like done like some pretty like cool shit too well especially cuz RG3 was willing going. He was willing to do like to, you know, not play like, like a quarterback. And then we did kind of see like a wrinkle of it this year when when we did that stupid uh, Mark Andrews pitch out to uh, Lamar play. It was kind of a similar play to that yep. that one with RG three. But you don't do it with Lamar Jackson. You do it with fucking RG three. I mean, that was a you know one of those ones from Roman's vault that worked. That he was like, oh, I'm going to put it back on the vault now. Yeah. I never revisited yeah. It. Yeah, I liked the the Heisman package. That was fun. That was fun back in those days, back before <laughs> we were, we were dissecting every out. fucking thing that they did. They were well, you know, we were scoring us. at a historic rate then. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. weren't we well, were in if, you know thirteen to ten shootouts. And if and if Roman ran that offense in like nineteen ninety seven, he would have been unstoppable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we well, went over this. Greg Roman was a wonder kid. You know, with his Stanford and then um, 49ers, and then the game just passed him by at the yeah, uh, right see his birth certificate, too. <laughs> he's the same age as Willie Taggart. <laughs> I know that's the crazy thing. Hold on. Taggart, were, were Roman and Taggart, Taggart at, at uh, Stanford together? They might have been. 
I think so. so. Little route, little, okay, little. I think they were. Well, the Gulf Coast offense, though. That's just a cool name. That was uh, that, that's Taggart's, uh, you know, catchphrase there, not catchphrase, um, you know, claim to fame. So, crazy thing of that game, too, in that season, that was the only time where I could remember them actually doing well in the, the heinous uniform combination. Bizarre. Fucking right, we don't white. care about you. Jake, Jake, caring about uniforms right. is lame. They overlapped in 2009. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Caring, caring about uniform combinations is late. That's right. Yeah. You can only care about them if if we sign 14 wide receivers, then maybe you can care about the uniform combination. Why not per 15? Sources. Per sources. Fuck that. It's 15. Did you, guys oh, know that Greg, did you guys know that Greg Roman was an offensive line assistant in Baltimore in the mid-2000s? Yeah. I did not. Yeah, I didn't know that. I and then know. when he got fired, so when he, got fired he went and coached at Atlantic City High School for a year as the offensive coordinator. So is... <laughs> John Harbaugh, a nepotism hire of Greg Roman. Yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> Damn, okay, the web, the web. That's why, web. yeah, and that's why he held on so long because he got him the job. Where was who was Mark Trustman a nepotism hire of? I'd like to have that person killed, if possible. Someone, someone with a ponytail for sure. It was yeah. probably like a ponytail nepotism hire. Yeah, like the, 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 the type of ponytail though that was like in Christmas vacation from the neighbors, like the slick back, like yeah. I mean, that's what Trustman had. He had a secret ponytail, so yeah. He like tucked it yeah, in. But, he wears a collared shirt all the time and tucks it in there. They probably have like a club. They probably meet he, like twice a week. He used Crisco to hold it down. Yeah. Should we uh, touch on my slight breaking news that I broke the internet with? Oh yeah. again. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah with of course. Yeah, the uh, the DM that Lamar's going to sign for less because he got rid of some woman in his life. I think we should just put this out as a PSA to everybody that, like, if you believe random shit you see on the internet, you're kind of dumb and you should probably stop doing that. Um, the amount of responses that I got to that were, first of all, I had multiple people tell me they didn't trust me because I was white, which was kind of shocking. Um, you know, looking at my profile... And looking at what I tweet and the thing that you pick out that I'm not trustworthy is because of my skin color seems a little bit odd. I, I feel like your you know judgment should be questioned a bit at that point. But also, again, if somebody posts a picture of a cropped out screenshot of a DM saying some off the wall shit, chances are it's probably not real. Um, you know, I'm not Greg Bedard. I don't I don't run with DMs that I get from people with 12 followers and pretend that I'm like an actual journalist. You're not Greg Bedard. Uh, ben Volen, sorry. Oh, that was the other one. Is Ben Volen, um, You know broke some news this week so that that's what made me that's what inspired me to uh, post a dm but yeah i just i feel like our fans are um diminishing in iq and i'm not i'm not a big fan of you know where the ravens flock is going on twitter so i, I think that you know at zone 32 we should be the smart group that doesn't fall for yes. stupid shit on the internet um i know it's gonna be hard for i know it's gonna be hard for grant because he sees pictures of people and thinks that they're 93 years old off the rip and freaks out but i think grant, can, uh, grant is the one who creates the the fake news but it's by accident telling everyone that uh a 57 year old man is on like uh you know hospital care yeah and like end of life yeah yeah like we robbed a getting out of hospice to go fucking coach on offense yeah so we, you get both sides of the coin here on zone 32 you get the intentional dickhead who's doing things to you know specifically break fake news and piss people off and then you have grant who starts fake news movements you know unintentionally so don't be old and then you just have Will who panders to Purple Patrol all day. Yeah. Well, that's right. All day. Well, you know, soon enough it'll be schedule release season. It's my, that's my yep. Super Bowl. So when, when it becomes schedule release season, do I slide into the Purple Patrol pandering and then yeah, you someone, take over the yeah, fake so, news? I'm going to, someone's going to have to cover my shift. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to cover that. Grant, you can keep freaking out over things and uh, causing fake news to occur naturally. And then Jake, you can just hop on and like tweets every once in a while. I think I think we have a pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that role, occasionally lurking on the yeah. internet. Yeah. The other day, when you guys, Jake, you responded to something, and I was staring at it, like, <laughs> you're like, what? He was he interacted with Twitter. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, this got to be a different. This can't be that. It's like that. Uh, that that meme. Like, I know that ain't who would think it is. Like that. When I saw you tweet, I was little like, little big brother. Fun? Yep, <laughs> little big brother. Fucking ATL. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Um, don't fucking trip over what you see on social media. 
Simple as that. Stop getting, stop getting your pants in fucking Jimmy's. Or just, you know, head. fucking be somewhat intelligent. Like, even when we're talking about, you know, Lamar's involvement in the offensive coordinator thing, or we're talking about, like, I mean, Sarah Ellison has had, like, 12 great tweets in the last week. She's basically telling people to, like, shut the fuck up and stop being stupid. But she does it in such a nice, um, eloquent manner that I'm just not capable of. So, right. you know, I like to defer to people like that who are kind of like, hey, people, try to be smarter. Um, you know, we really should be smarter as a group of human beings because I feel like our fan base has a, a very negative perception publicly because of how dumb half of our fans are. And, and for the record, it is it is your fault that you're dumb. So if you are upset by me calling you dumb for falling for fake news and for selectively cherry-picking things that you want to be true and pushing those as the true narrative, it is your fault. You're an idiot. Um, be better. And I'm sure that I'll get some upset comments at that, but you know, it is what it is. Shoe fits where it. Exactly. Well, and also if uh, part, part of, there was a little dust up earlier today, but part of that was uh, I was accused of only tweeting about other people's opinions. Yes. Number one, that's not true, but, when I do tweet about other people's opinions, I'm tweeting about it, an opinion I see echoing throughout a certain, you know, segment of this fan base. And uh, at that point, when it's like a trend, then it's I'm I'm tweeting about something I observe outside of one person. So if if someone sees something I say and they think it's about them, it's probably about them and a lot of other people. But you're yeah. self snitching at that point if you're the one who gets upset yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if you're quote tweeting or you're uh, responding defensively, then you know, sorry, but uh, you know, the truth hurts. I guess, right? It's it's kind of a sorry, not sorry situation. Like yeah. I'm not sorry that you have bad takes that you know you you are not confident in that right. you've been very loud about for months. So yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's not my fault. I, can I make didn't, you, I didn't yeah. hold a gun to your head. A promise I can make you. Is if I'm calling out one person, I will I will tag them or I'll mention them or whatever. Uh, if if it's, there's no if there's not if there's not a specific person mentioned or tagged, then it's just about a group of people. If you fall into that group and it hurts your feelings, then you know do what you got to do. But uh, you know you're not you're not special. There's a lot of you. How many times have you been in my mentions aggressively disagreeing with something that I've said? And I have yet to tell you to meet me at a you know predetermined location to fight about it. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's okay. It's okay that somebody doesn't disagree with you. Like I, I I promise you it'll be fine. There's no need to get upset. There's no need to you know try to quote tweet somebody and dunk on them with a pretty piss poor attempt at an insult. Like just fucking state your case and move on. It's really not that hard. You don't have to try to fight people on the internet. Again, I would say Will and I have had far uglier um, disagreements in terms of, you know, like not agreeing on the, the actual core of an argument. And it has never devolved into that as far as I know. What me and you? Yeah. Like, try, like telling each other, we're going to like fight each other in real life. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever try to fight you over our RG three discussions or over um, your clinging to Mike Evans being a top 10 wide receiver. I don't think that's ever, you know, devolved into uh <laughs> Uh, trying to fight you. Future that. Raven. I mean, I, I'd be mad Mike if I Evans. had that bad of an opinion too. Well, but I'm right. So this is the problem. <laughs> like it's not, again, I, I, I am the one cursed with being correct in this situation. I don't have the popular opinion. I just have the right one. So, you know, they, they hated Jesus back in the day too, for speaking the truth. I uh, just, you know, revisionist like history. You compared stuff. yourself to Jesus. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm just, I'm saying we had a similar situation. Uh, you know, Jesus had some, Jesus had some thoughts that were not, that not popular opinion. I'm not comparing. It's, just, it's similar. It's similar. It's similar. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Jesus myself. I'm just saying that him and I share some similar qualities. That's all. Uh, you know, Jesus like fish. Able, I like fish. Yeah. Jesus tried to upset the establishment by being right. And I upset the establishment by being right. I'm sorry that, well, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, Sorry that it elicits feelings in others that they themselves don't understand. It's more just that you both have beards. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. I've well, never seen Jesus, so we could ask Todd Munkin what Jesus if Jesus had a beard or Yeah, they went right. to high school together. Yeah, they they hung yeah. out on the on Mary Magdalene, Todd Munkin, and Jesus were uh were quite the trio back in the day. Yeah. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Jesus Todd was Munkin. most Jesus was voted most likely to succeed. <laughs> Todd Munkin the third wheel. When Jesus is hanging out with the prostitutes. Actually, in the Bible, 
in the Bible, there is a verse where they talk about one of Jesus' friends becoming the Ravens' offensive coordinator in 2023. People don't really reference that too much, but oh man, Drew, gosh. are you are you a youth preacher? I might be sometimes. I don't like to talk oh, about shit. it. You know, I just I like to um, you know to keep my private life private. But you know, sometimes I, I preach to the youth about uh, Todd Munkin and Jesus' relationship. Yeah, that's right. Was, that was Luke thirteen twelve, probably. Sometimes I DM people about it too, and you know it gets misconstrued, and I get bullied for it. But uh, it's just you know, just it's my cross to bear. Well, just remember, Stan Marsh said bullying isn't cool, and bullying is lame, but he was wrong because bullying works. Anywho, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We will be back to discuss this, that, and the other. But meanwhile, it's me to die. Oh! See ya. Zone, zone 32. 32.